Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Cesar Davila, and this is Life Update 2. And uh, some of you might ask, like, Cesar, you just released a Life Update two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. And uh, <laughs> I just got to say that it escalated quickly. And, um, okay, so let's, let's let's get started. You know, uh, just a little quick uh, recap on the first Life Update. For the past three months, I've been, like, experiencing chronic pain, and I recently found out that I've connected tissue disease and it's linked with lupus and arthritis. Arthritis is the one that affects uh, the joints, bones. Lupus is the dangerous one. Lupus is a connective tissue disease that connects, that, that like attacks all connective tissues, such as skin, blood vessels, organs, bones, all that type of crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, that's what happened. Uh, that's pretty much the recap on what's been going on and uh pretty much what happened this past two weeks <laughs> escalated ridiculously i did not expect any of this to happen pretty much a month ago as i said in the last life update episode i was feeling this weird pain in my mid back that hurt every single time i took a deep breath and it left so i didn't think much of it but then easter sunday came around a month later after this pain came and and went a month later and Easter Sunday, I woke, I woke up with just in excruciating pain. Like, I couldn't move, really. I couldn't breathe. I was constantly hyperventilating. And it was in the same spot in my in my back. And this time, I like it felt like there was a knife poking me inside my back. Like, it wasn't, like, my actual back, but internal. And it felt like there was a knife constantly poking me, and it was just, like, ridiculously painful. So I went to the ER uh, Easter Sunday morning at 7 a.m. with my mom. And thankfully, I got there before the rush, you know, because there was only, like, one, two people ahead of me. But then uh, we still waited about five five hours in the waiting room. They, like, they took me in. They took a lot of blood tests, um, urine tests, and they had me do a CT scan and... Uh, the pain I was having, I couldn't lay down. I had to stay in a sitting position because that's the only way I was able to breathe and not feel as much pain. So in the CT scan, they had me take it like around 11. And it was possibly like probably the most painful thing I've ever done in my life. It was like definitely like a 10 out of 10 pain. <laughs> I never experienced that ever. And um, I had to lay down for about five minutes, you know. And it was, like, super challenging for me to just try to stay there and, like, not freak out and not let the pain get the best of me. And by this time, it's already, like, 11 o'clock. I've already been in the ER since 7 in the morning. That's already four hours. Just waiting there. Have, I have no idea why I have, I have this pain. I just keep saying in my head, like, please, like, hopefully this leaves. Hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't forever, you know. And my dad ended up uh, going to the ER as well. So I was with both my parents there. In a waiting room, um, when it, when I went to the CT scan, there was a separate waiting room. By this time, my mom's been with me since the morning, so she wanted to go get something to eat. So my dad was in a waiting room. And uh, after the CT scan, it kind of all hit me, like, the overwhelmingness of the situation. Because it's serious what I have. I don't know what, what it was, but the pain was just so, so, like, dramatic that I knew that, like, this is probably not gonna end like today so um after I, I went back to the waiting room i was with my dad i just i literally just broke down like i i was just feeling, i just felt super overwhelmed both emotionally and physically like 
like to just go through those five five minutes with that pain was 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 wild. So my dad, like you know, he comforted me and stuff, but he's not uh he's not too he's not a, he's not like too well on that. <laughs> but he tried his best, and I appreciate that. And but I mean, I I know myself, so I just released. It. I literally cried for like a good thirty seconds, and then after I took a deep breath, and I was like, okay, I'm good, you know, because it just it helped me feel better. And I just want to ex- express that people, trust me, like if you feel like crying, like try to do it if you feel comfortable like it will make you feel better like literally like chemicals released from your body like that are filled with stress and you will feel better doing it at least i do try doing it it might help you it might not you know it doesn't hurt to try it doesn't hurt to try trust me but yeah uh they finally put me in an icu bed like around 1 p.m sunday so this is after like five hours and stuff uh they also had me do an ultrasound that day and um once i went to the icu bed that's when they finally started giving me paid medication they gave me morphine this is my first time ever taking morphine and i was feel like the the pain i was feeling was eight to nine out of ten like the entire time the morphine brought it down to like a six i didn't feel the high effect of morphine literally like the pain was so like ridiculous that the morphine just kind of like brought it down from a nine to a six rather than you know feeling nothing and it wasn't enough literally every hour like the pain would just go back to a nine and um they couldn't give me morphine every hour or every even like they had to give it to me every four hours so then eventually they gave me morphine and they gave me narco and they were in four hour increments each so it'll be two hours in between so like i'll take morphine at, at 10 i'll take narco at 12 morphine at two narco at four and i needed it like it was ridiculous like the pain i had i was i've never been on that crazy medication before and uh the fact that it's a crazy medication and it was only able to like help make the pain bearable rather than like fully you know, get rid of it was i mean it was mind-blowing you know uh i found out i had a pulmonary embolism which is a blood clot in my lungs like around 2 p.m by this time I was already in the ICU and I was with my mom only my mom could have gone in so my dad went home and they told me that they're looking like I'm out to stay I'm out to stay you know stay the night so they're looking for beds uh upstairs however due to it being Easter Sunday they had a lot of call-offs so it took them a while to figure out you know like like find a bed for me pretty much I they didn't find a bed for me until 8 p.m. So by this time, I'm just like in the ICU bed, just still constantly in pain because they weren't even giving me like the morphine or knock or like that consistently yet until I went upstairs. They're just giving me morphine every four hours. I haven't even eaten. I think I'll need like half a sandwich that whole day because I mean, I was just so, in so much pain. And, um, when it when it came to going upstairs, the visit the visitation hours were from eleven a.m. to eight p.m. So my mom just went upstairs with me because it was already eight p.m. just to know where it was, just to make sure I was okay, and then she left. So I stayed that night, you know, the whole night, and uh, I had to stay in a in a sitting position. I couldn't lay down because uh, like my lungs would collapse if they were laying down, and I was just constantly hyperventilating. So like I just physically couldn't lay down. I had to sit down like stay in a sitting position for the next two days and 
you know, I mean, I couldn't sleep either. Like every two hours, they'll come in. Um, they'll give me IV. They'll give me a medication. They'll check my blood pressure. And I was there for five days, four nights. They poked my arm at least like ten times. They took countless blood tests like throughout the entire night throughout the night throughout the day they'll just come in saying hi blood test and i'm like okay like <laughs> and it was ridiculous because they'll have to poke me every time <laughs> you know like i'm not really one that's like too crazy on needles you know like i mean like i don't i don't trip like i don't like it doesn't freak me out it's just it was just annoying on how over like how overwhelming my body was just taking all of it you know because by this time they also had me on blood thinner so like i started seeing like bruises in my arm, you know, just because of how many times they were poking me. It wasn't really, like, they weren't messing up, thankfully. They found my veins every single time and the first time, you know, which is great. But, yeah. And um, so the next day, my little sister um, volunteered to stay with me during visitation hours. So she got there, like, around 12, and she stayed the whole day to 8 p.m. And um, Monday, I was, like, so Sunday which was the worst day, I was probably at like a 1 to 2 out of 10, like when it came to how I was feeling. That was definitely the worst day, most challenging day. Like it felt like forever just because of the pain. And like it was the longest day. Like it felt one of the, like one of the longest days of my life and definitely one of the hardest days of my life, like physically, you know. Um, it was physically and I, I, understood, and I understood that, you know. I realized that my body right now is failing me. And there's not really much I can do, you know, with my body other than trust what the doctors are doing and just like be, try to like be strong for myself mentally, you know. And I did that by just like being appreciative of like everything that the doctors are doing, being appreciative that I'm alive, you know, because they told me that like they also uh, found blood uh, in the heart. And you know, I like, do like the lupus gave me a blood clot in my lungs. It could have easily given me a blood clot in my brain, which would have been worse, you know. So I'm definitely appreciative that I'm alive. I could have died like literally that was a near death experience. That's my second near death experience so far. That's like a very serious one. Um, and I mean, it happened, you know, I'm alive now, which which, which is what matters. And Monday uh, I felt like a, I was like a three out of ten. You know, I was still in constant pain. I was still constantly hyperventilating. I was hyper. I was hyperventilating for two days because of the pain. And the doctors told me like I need to start practicing. I need to start like exercising my lungs and taking deep breaths because or else my lungs will collapse. And it was so hard, but I knew they were right. You know, I was like, okay, fine. Like I I need to, I need to try. So like I'll I'll have to push myself. And they gave me like a little toy that practicing my breathing that was really hard to do at first but i knew i had to do it you know i had, I had to practice it i had to i had to help myself and do my part to make my body better and uh, monday a physical therapist came in and he tried to just like you know assess my body saying like if i if i could move and stuff and uh, my heartbeat was at like averaging like 120 beats per minute i had a fever and I and I was just hyperventilating and just constantly in pain. So that day I couldn't even like they couldn't even take me on a walk. Like they just had me in a bed and I told them like I don't think, like I don't think I'm gonna improve. They're like yeah me neither. So that day they're like okay fine like, you know, like we won't walk. So uh, my sister stayed with me the whole day. 
I'm actually very glad my little sister decided to choose. I decided to say because I knew 100% everyone else, my parents, my my older sister, my aunts, you know, my grandparents, they're all like super stressed. They're all texting me, you know, like, and my little sister, she has a different way of coping and like just processing. She's not one to get too stressed. So like the whole day there, like she was chill, even though she saw me, she saw me in pain. She saw me in discomfort, like. She didn't seem to stress herself, which definitely helped calm me down. And I'm very glad, like, she came, you know? She was a good choice that day. And then uh, Monday night, I finally started to just be able to breathe normally. Like, normally. Like, that would be, like... And me breathing normally would, like... That was also using... They gave me some oxygen, like, you know, to put in my nose. Just a low dose, but something to just help me. And that was how I was able to breathe normally. But I was still, I still couldn't lay down. So uh, Tuesday came. And uh, Tuesday, my mom came, I believe. Yeah. Tuesday, my mom came to visit me. And she stayed the whole day during during visitation hours. And by this time, I felt like I was at like a 5 out of 10. They had me take like more... Like I was taking, like I said, like just countless blood tests. I take a few x-rays. I had to take, like, I took three different ultrasounds. Um, one on my back, one on my stomach, and one on my heart. And um, by this time, like, you know, like they're like they're already starting to understand that the lupus is, a, is what created the blood clot in my lungs. You know, so like through, through the IV, they were giving me blood thinners. And then they switched it because um, I was starting to like, you know, I've been taking medication already for the arthritis and lupus, but the first day I was there, Easter Sunday, I didn't take my medication because I went straight to the ER. So Monday, I started feeling the symptoms of arthritis again, and that shit's fucking horrible, you know? So um, they started giving me my medication again. So they started giving me an injection blood thinners, which uh, which wasn't fun. It's still not fun. I'm still taking it right now. I have to take it every 12 hours. I just I need to stab myself in the stomach, you know? It's uh, something I have to do for a long time for now. It might be lifelong, you know, depending on how the lupus is treated and stabilized once it is stabilized, you know. But for now, I need to stay on blood thinners. I'm also taking like a steroid for the inflammation, which is helps me with arthritis and lupus. And I started and I barely started taking at during the hospitalization. I started taking another medication that's meant to like fight the lupus so i'm just taking all of these like crazy medications and you know like putting all these chemicals in my body that like that's helping me and i mean this slowly starts helping me by wednesday you know um i was really hoping wednesday i'll be able to go home but they told me i couldn't so but it made sense because i wednesday I was, I was feeling like a Six or seven out of ten, like fully recovering wise, you know. And I was like feeling like oh, mentally wise, like the entire time mentally, I'm very grateful of like the way I was able to respond and just the way I was able to act, you know. Um, physically, I was obviously like shit, like the entire time, like I couldn't. I felt so helpless, you know, everywhere. Everyone was concerned for me. Um. I got countless messages everywhere on Instagram, on Twitter, through text, you know, and uh, that's something I want to say is thank you 
to everyone who reached out for me because it helped me it helped me feel better it helped me uh it gave me strength definitely you know like i said the last time my friend uh, joseph gave me this great advice and just perspective to allow the good karma to come in and to accept it and to manifest it you know and to use it and that's what i did and i can't even say how many messages i got but it was just way too many it definitely was overwhelming i had to take a break from my phone for like four hours like i'm like i don't want to respond to everyone like it was it was pretty crazy you know but i responded to everyone eventually because you know they reached out and i appreciated it and i genuinely did appreciate it like you know like everyone sent me a message thank you definitely you uh you helped you helped make my day you helped me feel better and i just want you, you i want you to know that but yeah that's pretty much what happened um it was it was definitely an experience i don't want to go through again you know uh that that experience solidified that life is fucking crazy and life is chaos you know you literally can't control anything I mean, you 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 can control a few aspects of life, but life itself is chaos, you know. And the one thing you can control, no matter what, like it's a fact. And not, I mean, it's not a fact because some people have mental illnesses, but it's your ment is your mentality, you know. If you can control your mentality, that is enough for you to be able to understand the consequences and um, understand how like much how important it is to respond the best way you can you know and me being aware of that definitely helped me with the whole situation because i could have just been hopeless i could have just been like let the pain take over everything and me not want to like me not care you know um i had lectures i didn't go to my lectures monday because obviously i was feeling like shit i couldn't <laughs> i didn't even have my laptop but wednesday i had lectures and thursday i had lectures Wednesday, I went to lecture, and not just went to lecture, but I participated in a group dis in a in a, in a class discussion while I was in a bed with like wires in my chest and shit, you know, for my heart my heart rate, and you know the like my professor was like was just making sure I was okay to do that, you know. He's like, are you sure you want to? And to be honest, like, yeah, I did. Like I wanted to distract myself, you know. And it was worth it. Like it was a great distraction. I had, and it was an amazing group discussion. Um, it was for my class. It was for my class at Advanced Interpersonal Communications, which has by far been one of my favorite classes I have ever taken in my entire life. Um, you know, like we're just learning about communications. Like, and that's something that's become a passion of mine. You know, and uh, this leads me to uh, continue on with what I'm saying, with which controlling the mindset and your mentality. So despite me like literally almost dying, like, you know, I have to take time off work and I'll have to take more time off work because of the blood thinners. And there's so many different procedures I need to go through with like a kidney biopsy. And I'm switching insurances, insurances right now, which is just another like other bullshit. <laughs> That's just ridiculous about the American health healthcare system, you know, but um, I'm not letting this stop me. You know, if if it can't then I'm not going to let it, you know, so obviously some things I can't control, but I still have a lot of plans and I still have a lot of goals in life, especially this year that I want to accomplish, you know, and like, it's been affected like 100%, you know, like school has been affected 100% with my motivation, with my creativity, with my productivity. I started noticing myself 
um, going back to patterns that I have not done since I went to Chico State my freshman year. Um, I was academically disqualified. I literally failed almost all my classes at Chico State because I had no motivation, no creativity, no productivity, like no energy, nothing, you know, and um, I realized my patterns were going back to that. And I got I got I got really scared because I know what it feels like to get to fail. I know what it feels like to get kicked out of school, you know, and I didn't want to go through that again. So uh, this time I decided to like, I mean, I've been communicating with my professors the entire semester because this has been something that's been affecting me the entire semester. So it's just more, I've just been updating them. You know, I've been meeting with them in office hours, just telling them what's been going on, not just with my medical issues, but like with my mental health issues and telling them how it's at the moment, like it's just very difficult for me to sit down, do homework, you know, sit down and be creative, just being creative. I'm in a huge writer's block right now when it comes to creativity and productivity. It's not just that, like, I don't, I don't want to, I, I want to do homework. Like, I genuinely love my classes that I'm taking right now. And, and the assignments that I'm given are very interesting, but I just it's, just, it's just, I have no fucking, like, there's nothing going up there. There's nothing in my brain that's like sparking, that's giving me this oh this is a good idea i should write this or like you know it's 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 really difficult right now and uh you know i'm talking and thankfully thankfully i am so happy that all my professors are very understanding on that you know um but yeah i mean like when it comes to lupus um this is definitely a huge adjustment in my life that i'm trying to get used to you know because lupus i'm gonna have my entire life and if i take care of myself i could live a long life if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to live a long life. You know, that, that's a fact. It's not It's not a chance. It's a reality that I need to take care of myself physically and mentally and emotionally, you know, but mainly physically when it comes to, like, diet and lifestyle. And that's something I've been adjusting to. Um, you know, like I said, I started on a low-sodium diet. I have been losing weight, but some of the side effects of the of all these medications I'm taking is weight gain because uh, the medication gets me really hungry. So it's just really um, interesting trying to like, you know, like combat that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, not easy. You know, this is a, this is, I realize this is a major event in my life. Not just the lupus, not just like the medicals, but 2021 in general, you know, uh, me starting this passion project, me starting Zenith, me finishing school and uh, me going through all these changes like physically you know all of this is creating character like it's creating it's building character for me definitely you know and I see it that way and I understand how impactful this is you know and because of that I'm trying my best to respond I'm, I'm trying my best to do what I can to make sure I, I you know like the consequences are are, are, be- are good you know, and it takes a lot of mindfulness, you know, but I'm, I'm trying because I, you know, I, I, I think pre- presence and mindfulness is super important in life and I need to practice what I preach. You know, I can't just say that and not do it. And doing it is the hardest part. Saying is really easy. But yeah, that's pretty much what, um, what happened. I was hospitalized for five days. Um, when I got out of the hospital, like I got out Thursday. And to be honest, I thought I was at 100 by Thursday, but it was just my spirit. Like, my spirit, my mentality, I was so pumped up that, like, I feel better and, like, you know, it's going to get better. That 
when I when I got out, I felt great. But then literally like four hours later, I started feeling the pain and discomfort again. And they didn't give me any pain medication. So I had to go back two days later because the pain was just like getting like unnecessary again just for pain pills, you know, because I was already on blood thinner. So like it wasn't the blood clot. It was the inflammation of the lupus that was giving me the pain. So they gave me a few narco pills. Thankfully, not too many because I don't want to take them a lot. I understand the severity of narcotics and it's of substance abuse, you know. So I got a few. I've only used them like three, four times, you know. Like I try not to use them a lot because, like I said, I understand the severity of the situation, like of getting hooked on those. I do not want to do that. I understand my body. I don't really need, you know. Like I don't. I doubt I'm. I doubt my. I doubt I'm gonna. I'll get to that point, but who knows? But yeah, um, it's just a lot going on in life right now, and that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I've been saying that's pretty much it, but yeah, this one's just a little shorter episode. I just wanted to share with you what's been going on, and uh, I hope I don't <laughs> go back to the hospital anytime soon, other than just visits with, with doctors, you know. Um, I have noticed myself getting a little bit more anxiety when it comes to, like, my body and, like, what I'm feeling with my body, which is understandable due to, like, what's been going on. So last week, I decided to meditate and reflect and process, like, what went on, like, in my hospitalization because I didn't really have time to do that, you know. So I just laid down on my bed, closed my eyes. I was just listening to music, and I just started retracing everything that I, I did everything that happened everything that I went through everything that I felt and it was overwhelming it was super traumatic <laughs> and I didn't know how traumatic it was until I started feeling those feelings again and legit like tears were coming out of my eyes due to how like overwhelming everything was you know it was an experience I like I said I really hope I don't have to go through it again and I really hope, I mean, like, I pray no one has to go through that, but sadly, life doesn't go that way, you know. I just hope whoever, like, whoever does go through challenges like these are able to have people behind them to support them and are able to respond the best way they can, you know. Because there's only so much you can do. Like, you were only human. I'm only human. Like, there's only so much I can do, and I understand that. And, like, processing everything, you know, like, I genuinely believe, like, when it comes to, like, life in general, there's two different sources of energy inside of you. There's your body, which is the vessel, and your soul, your consciousness, you know. My consciousness, I understand myself, I love myself, I know my consciousness, and I came to, like, understanding that my vessel is fucked up, my body is fucked up, you know, not my not my soul. And I need to do my part to try to, you know, like, help my vessel, help my body, like, stabilize and get better. But I, I need to, like, also be aware of my, my consciousness and my spirit, you know, my soul, and continue on with that. You know, one of my biggest fears in life is unfulfilled potential. I say this all the time. And I feel like I'm experiencing a lot of that right now. Like, my reality right now is a lot of unfulfilled potential when it comes to school, when it comes to, like, the podcast, when it comes to work, everything, because of what's, my, what's happening with my body. But, you know, like, I can't control that. There's, like, there's nothing I can do about me getting lupus. I don't know how, I don't know how I got it. I don't know why I have it. 
but like that doesn't really matter anymore you know there's no reason to i mean like there is there'll be a good reason to find out why i have it it might, I don't, it might be environmental it might be genetic i'm not sure but yeah that's uh that's that's my mentality with this you know like i'm just trying my best to respond the best way i can and after processing and reflecting what i did what what happened i think i did the best i could have and that's more than good enough you know i'm i'm glad that this happened at this age where i was able to understand that because if this would have happened when i was like 19 my life my my uh my responses would have been different and i definitely would not have come up with this conclusion of being proud of myself back in night when i was 19 you know but yeah everything happens for a reason i'm building character right now you know, th those five days of hospitalization, like, you know, it built character. It uh, It's it's an experience that's going to help me and benefit me in the future, hopefully. And I just have to hope that, you know. And thank you, everyone, who's been listening. Thank you, everyone, who's been supporting. I appreciate you. Uh, A little quick announcement is that I just, right now, currently, I am on disability. You know, <laughs> I'm not working right now. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm hanging in there. Thankfully, you know, I'm, I'm given enough to be able to afford my bills and stuff. But um, I did recently start uh, like through Anchor. Like um, you could support me directly. You could go on Zena's underscore podcast podcast at Instagram and Twitter. There's a link there on the bio that you could click to help dire uh, support directly. You know, like something simple as a dollar a month, something to help me, give me motivation, give me inspiration give me resources to help continue this. I definitely want this to be, I want to continue improving, you know, I'm, I'm on a funk right now. <laughs> I do feel that, you know, but, um, I understand that, you know, it's like, it's just life circumstances. I'm trying my best to respond. And, um, yeah, if you're willing to help support me, do it. If not, just listen, <laughs> just keep listening. I appreciate that as well. I just recently uh, reached a milestone of a thousand plays. That means people clicked on Zenith a thousand times, which is amazing and beautiful. You know, I also realized that like it may may just be one person, but Zenith has so far reached 15 different countries, which is mind blowing. You know, um, this, this all this all started as an idea one year ago, literally one year ago. I made the decision of wanting to start a podcast and I started thinking of names. It took me about four months to think of the name. And uh, to see this as a reality now, it's nothing but amazing and beautiful and definitely a proud moment in my life. You know, thank you to everyone who's been here since the beginning. Thank you for everyone who's joining. You know, this is literally just the beginning. I've only been doing this for four months. I expect myself to get better. I, you know, I expect nothing but greatness for me. You know, for me personally, like potential fulfilled. That's exactly what I'm trying to do here. And um, with that being said, also, uh, I, I realized, I noticed on, on Apple Podcasts, you could leave reviews on, you know, on, uh, like, you could re leave reviews on Zenith. So, if you're listening on Apple, um, yeah, like, drop a review. Uh, five stars would be beautiful, but if, if I don't deserve five stars, I would like to know why, you know? Like, just, you know, feedback, constructive criticism, constructive criticism. All right, make sure it's constructive. Make sure it's things that's going to help me get better because I love that. I love improving. I love growth. And we're all about growth here, you know. Zenith is all about growth. It's all about reaching the time at which you're most powerful or successful. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do here. And I hope everyone is who's listening is doing that too. 
And with that being said, that's going to conclude Life Update 2. Let's hope it doesn't continue to escalate quickly. Hopefully this, you know, it doesn't happen again. But who knows? If it does, I'll definitely keep you updated. This is a journey that we're all going through together, not just me. And I want you guys to understand that, you know. Um, I try my best to express how I feel. It's it's not easy being vulnerable, but I think it benefits me and it benefits it, it might it might benefit other people. Who knows? But yeah, till next time, you know where to find me at the Zenith. Thank you. Have a good day.